Greetings, troubled a return to Haven listeners. This is your host with the most, though I hate to boast, Rich French. And what you are accessing now is a small segment from our companion series, Troubled with Extra Syrup, which you can listen to on our second tier level on Patreon. Enjoy. If you listen to every episode of your favorite podcast, Trouble to Return to Haven, but you're still craving more delicious content, then get your fork and knife ready because Trouble with Extra Syrup is here to fill that craving for more Haven-related content. Welcome to our monthly parallel series exclusive to Patreon. Joining our $3 Haven resident tier gets you access to Troubled with Extra Syrup, where we go beyond Haven to explore a wide range of different mediums like books, music albums, real-world events, and other TV shows. If it's even slightly connected to Haven, we're on it. I'm your first host in this father-son podcasting duo, Alex French. And I am Rich French, the French who in no way at all contributed or helped produce or write Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had some machine to extract your fa- like your greatest fantasy and what you wanted to see in a horror movie. <laughs> yes, that was uh, turned it, from stone. They used Stonehenge, right, to do it. It, it took the druid magic, but uh, they did <laughs> take all of my creative ideas and turn it into Halloween three season of the shit. I, I mean, which. All right. So today we are covering the Dead Zone. So what we're doing here is we're going to we, we watched the Dead Zone movie. It's uh, based on a Stephen King novel from, was it 1979? 1979. The movie was 1983. TV show was 2002. So what we kind of did here is we watched the movie. Uh, we actually didn't read the book, but uh, we watched the movie and then watched the first, and it's a two-parter, so the first two episodes technically, but you know the extended pilot of the USA show, The Dead Zone, and the reason, and the reason why we chose this is because a lot of the crew and Sean Pillar, the executive producer of Haven, you know, the show he worked on before was the Dead Zone, and a lot of the cast and crew that we see mentioned all the time in Haven come from the Dead Zone. That's where those connections were made. So what we wanted to do is compare the TV, the movie, to the TV show, and then compare how this crew did that TV show to Haven. So we're gonna kind of be like, okay, this is what. You know, the movie did versus what the TV show did and what we liked, didn't like. And then this is what, you know, this TV show did versus their newer TV show. This is what we liked, didn't like about what they did. So you can kind of see the 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 bridge and logic <laughs> of why we chose this. I thought we chose it because the movie starred Christopher Walken. I mean, that's just an added bonus. We do have a Haven connection from the Dead Zone movie to Haven. Do you want to talk about that real quick? We do, because... And- Real, uh, real quick, though, sorry to be like, hey, want to tell us? Never mind. Real quick, uh, we were discovering that this information was also given to us by our, patro- our patron uh, patron uh, member, Frank, emailed us about this connection a while, months ago. So we'd like to just give him proper credits. Okay, so the, the connection is is uh, <laughs> there's a, a serial killer in the, the Dead Zone movie, and it turns out uh, he is played by... The unparalleled Nicholas Campbell. So Nick Campbell, who plays the chief on Haven, is the serial killer in the Dead Zone. Right. So it's a pretty cool connection. Uh, what'd you What'd you think when you saw him? 
I was like, I was like, damn, I had no idea when I was watching Haven that the, he was uh, Frank Dodd in the Dead Zone movie. And I remembered when I watched the Dead Zone movie, I liked Frank Dodd's performance. You know, obviously not. He's a killer. So he wasn't like, hey, yeah, yeah, I want the Frank like Dodd. Per- you liked his performance as a killer. You're like, yeah, good form on the strangling. Uh, I like your knife play. Oh, you, you do your your murdering so realistically. You must have really trained for this role. And uh, no, no, no Canadians were harmed in the filming of this movie. But uh, I, I just I but I remember I thought he did a good job. And rewatching it this time, I, I thought uh, Nick Campbell did a really good job with it. And I liked him throughout it. And plus, that little part of me knows in my head this time. Hey, this is uh, this is the chief when he was young. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> This is how you stop in the troubles. You're just murdering girls left yeah. and right. <laughs> oh, right. So real quick, if you haven't seen the dead zone, just real quick summary, not like our normal ones. It's real, real, real brief here. Uh, the dead zone stars Christopher Walken. It's this guy named Johnny Smith. Mm-hmm. Johnny yeah. Smith. Yeah. So Johnny Smith, he's a high school teacher. He's a, with this woman he loves. One night he gets in a car accident and puts him in a coma for five years. She moves on with her life, gets married, has a kid. Uh, he wakes up with a new ability to, when he touches people, he either sees how they're going to die or someone close to them is going to die or someone died in the past, you know, some just some real strong psychic connection like that. Uh, and he, you know, kind of go, you know, helps a nurse save her daughter, blah, 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 blah. He stops a serial killer, Nicholas Campbell. We just talked about him. And at the end, he finds that a politician will go on to become president and start a nuclear war. And so he, you know, sets out to stop, you know, quote, Hitler before he, be, you know, did anything. So, and then in the end, he sacrifices himself and dies to ruin this politician's career and uh, drive him to suicide. Played by Martin Sheen. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it was based on uh, the, the 1979 Stephen King novel of the same name. You know, that was King's first novel to rank among the top best-selling novels of the year. Okay, I love this movie. I always have. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, anyone who's listening to this knows, um, you know, I love Christopher Walken. And this was really how I was first exposed to Christopher Walken. I didn't really see him in uh, like the deer hunter till later after this had came out and I watched it. I, I, I love the movie. I thought Walken was great. I thought it was shot. Well, just really dug the concept. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I like the dead zone a lot too. You showed it to me as a kid. So I've seen this movie a handful of times. It's been a while. I had randomly just before we even decided to do this, like back in like December or something, watched part of the Dead Zone just out of like pure fun. And then we talked about doing it. So I do enjoy the Dead Zone. I do like Christopher Walken in this a lot. Pretty great in most things, but this is uh, one of my favorites. I'm a big David Cronenberg fan, as I've also spoken in our main series about. So uh, he directed this film. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that I like about the movie. Uh, just kind of starting from the beginning. Uh, one thing I loved is the the opening credits, how it reveals the title, the Dead Zone, with it being like an image and then slowly filling in, or I guess filling in negative space in the screen to you know create the letters Z O N E D A D A D T A G. Yeah, that, it's actually a very uh, compelling opening. It kind of gets your attention right from the beginning. It's done yeah. very well. Yeah, it's still like slow because it's it's just stills, essentially like uh, with this happening. But it's it's a really atmospheric. Because uh, another thing I really like about the Dead Zone, which we don't really see in Haven too much, is winter. Right, the fact that everything is like dead. Right, that's what it, it contributes so much to the atmosphere of everything. 
is that everything is wintry, right? Which, you know, in poetic terms, right? And, and in terms of like biology and shit, winter represents the season of death, right? Is a, oh, oh, exactly. So fall has uh, changed, summer's life, spring is rebirth and winter's death, right? So I, I love that for a movie called The Dead Zone and this land he lives in is dead trees, snow, you know, and, you know, the trees look kind of creepy and everything is always dead around him. I think it's really atmospheric. I agree with you completely. I mean, I, I thought the scenery was amazing and it, it fits the story and it, it sets the mood. And like you mentioned, all, you know, the, the various, uh, you know, symbolism in the seasons, it, it, it's excellent. I agree 100 percent. Cause like not a lot of movies want to be shot in winter. It's not a very good time to shoot things, you know, but the dead zone and David Cronenberg, cause he's Canadian uh, and he shoots shot a lot in Canada challenged that. Uh, I thought it was a, it probably sucked to be working out in the snow all the time, <laughs> but I think the end product, at least to me was, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's crew member who were like, fuck that. That wasn't worth it. Wish we shot that during summer. But the end product, I think, is worth it because it creates such a such a mood, such a setting that you don't really see often in film. Even though it's nothing like particularly special, obviously, it's not some unique fan, you know, fantastical world. But it's it is its own little world that David Cronenberg has created that I, I like a lot. Well, uh, one interesting thing about uh, the book that I uh, forgot to mention earlier was it was the first time uh, King set a story in Castle Rock. And Castle Rock has, you know, becomes one of his primary money makers, right? So that, right. that that was that was pretty cool. Which we covered on not our previous episode, not our previous extra syrup episode, but the episode before that. Uh, did you notice any connections to Castle Rock from this? We talked about one of them. I don't know if you remember. You didn't really remember at the time when we recorded, but now it should ring clearly. Because yeah, that that's Pangborn and. Uh... <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, so that's Sheriff Pangborn, who obviously probably follows up Bannerman. I would assume. No, the the girl who can like sense I can't remember the character's name right now, but she, you know, kinda has like a dead zony ability, right? She can feel what other people are feeling, right? She's the Oh, the empath. Yeah. 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 So she mentions the house she lives in was originally the house that the Castle Rock killer lived in, that it was Frank Dodd's house. And that he shot himself, or I'm sorry, killed himself in the house. So okay, Matt, yeah, yeah, I, is the one Frank uh, and his mom lived in. I forgot about that. In addition to them just mentioning Castle Rock, right? When they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Castle Rock PD, you're like, oh, cool. Which I'm glad stuck into the movie, right? They could have just been in the book and they could have just said some bulls, you know, some whatever main county and been done with it. Well, uh, one thing uh, that I didn't realize was when I was uh, looking into this was. Well, you know, when it was released in 1983, I mean, it, it got positive reviews. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it 3.5 stars and said it was the best adaptation of King at that time. And he praised Cronenberg and Walken. And I'm like, wow, Roger Ebert really, really liked the dead zone. And that's saying something. He wasn't an easy uh, grader, per se. I mean, obviously, icon in the world of uh, film film critics. And uh, I, I was just surprised. I had no idea that he and there were other folks who thought it was uh, just awesome. Like I said, other people who praised Cronenberg and Walken. I mean, yeah, Cronenberg's a pretty like uh, critic darling, you know, director. A lot of critics loved, especially thinking that that time period, I think, was a, a big boom for him between was it Scanners. 
Yeah, uh, scanners and Videodrome were before it, before yeah, the yeah. Dead Zone. Yeah, scanner with like scanners, Videodrome, the Brood, and then this, right? Right. And, and then he, you know, kept going, and then he, you know, and, and he didn't. <laughs> I don't know about the fly. I don't know if that fly was beloved at the time. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, because it was so freaking creepy. I mean, uh, not a lot of movies that can scare me. I think that one did actually. It's so disgusting. But yeah, that's what's good about it. But who, who's who's not afraid of Jeff Goldblum? He he also did Dead Ringers, which I I really I really liked Dead Dead Ringers and uh, Existence. We talked we've talked about that before. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's kind of veered away from all that with uh, a history of violence, Eastern Promises, Cosmopolis, and Map to the Stars. Is more is he hasn't made a feature probably in a while in six seven years now. Yeah, it's been a while. His uh, output before that had really veered from like kind of the horror stuff he was known for. Even though it's not that they don't, those movies themselves don't have some disturbing things. Like one of the ones he, uh, I think he won at con for, uh, was for Crash. <laughs> yeah, a, but that was mid nineties though. That was yeah. not anywhere near yeah. recent. That was before Crash was before Existence. Yeah, yeah. Crash was nineteen ninety six. Uh, I thought what was really interesting about the Dead Zone and why I thought maybe maybe what they saw in turning it into a TV show, because off the top of my head, when you're watching the movie, it doesn't really scream, turn this into a TV show to me. But one thought thing I thought was interesting is that it is kind of episodic, right? It does start with jo- Johnny and the accident happens really fast in the movie. It's within 10 minutes or in, in 10 minutes. It's like you're kind of established somewhat. So like after that, it's an hour, 40 minute movie or hour and 40 minutes. So after kind of those first 10 minutes, it's broken up into 30 minute like segments. So like the first, you know, segment is like the recovery period and like the nurse and all that shit and his parents, blah, 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 and her. And then the second one's kind of the more serial killer stuff. And then the last third is like the last third is a little weird where it's the kid, you know, that he's mentoring in the hockey thing. And then the politician, which kind of they bleed into each other through the connection the dad has, the kid's dad has to Stilson and that, those kind of bleed into each other. So I thought it was kind of interesting how it's in like defined acts or like first 10 minutes is pre Johnny. Or it's like, you know, first 15 minutes and like 25 minutes, 25 minutes, 25 minutes. And then final 15 minutes is the politician stuff primarily. So I like how there it is. It, I can almost see how this would work in episodes where it's like, you know, the pilot and then the serial killer episode and then the, the you know, mentoring the kid episode and the politician episode. It does feel like chapters of a book or, or, or an equivalent episodes of a show. Well, and 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 that's how Jeffrey Bohm uh, wanted to write it and, and wrote it, because, uh, I mean, it, it took because Jeffrey Brougham thought that the book was just too, you know, it's Stephen King is just too yeah. far reaching and, you know, and meander too far and it wasn't concise enough. So he wanted it into like, basically like in these chapters and, uh, and they had a lot of issues with the script. I mean, like the first script got, you know, got rejected and then Dino De Laurentiis came in board and uh, they even had King take a stab at the script, but De Laurentiis and Cronenberg, you know, didn't like his version of the script. And then they finally, you know, got to the point where Bohm was working with Cronenberg and, and the producer, and they came up with this, like you said, this tight script with these like episodic uh, portions. So quadrants, I guess you could almost say. Yeah, I, I, the way I guess I was like, it, it was evolving as I was describing it. <laughs> and my visualization of it is like two capstones, the beginning and the end, and then three in the middle. So the Pentagon. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> it's five sides, so. Well, it wouldn't be sides. It's like slots, you know, or whatever, chapters, essentially. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the pentagram, the story storytelling pentagram. Uh, so I thought that was just interesting. And I could see where they would come up with the idea to be like, you know what? This might work as a show, you know, doing it episodically since that's how the movie did it. All right. Thank you for listening to that limited sample of our sister series, Troubled with Extra Syrup. Once again, it's on Patreon. If you want to hear the rest of that episode, you can head over there. Uh, join us for $3 a month. It's uh, the middle tier. $5 if you want director's cuts, but that's where the rest of those episodes will be if you want to hear the rest of all of these awesome extra episodes. Thank you for listening. Check you out next time. No, fuck. Check you out next time. Check you out. Hey. I don't know where that came from. How you, how you doing? <laughs> Well, you'll be listening to us hopefully in a week. Please keep listening to us. <laughs> <laughs>